0: But today I want to continue on the glory to God in the church. And and I want to define for us who we are and what God expects of us. It is imperative that as we continue uh, living, going through these amazing difficulties and signs of the time, that we know that God is uh, mindful of us and he has given us an assignment. He has also defined us. And so you and I must always walk after the definition of God. Uh, Glory to God in the church, part two. Uh, Paul says uh, that to him be glory in the church. So he didn't say uh, in this particular passage, to him be glory by the church. So God has glory inside this about this amazing body. To him be glory in the church to all generations forever and ever. And so God will receive glory, sure, through the church, but he wants us to have this glory in the church. The church is a place where the reality of God is illuminated. It is made known. It is uh, Evidence that God lives, not just the inanimate things, but this amazing organism called the church. And so that we can then see the dignity of God, we can see the honor of God, the praise of God, we can see their worship of God and thanksgiving, we can see His amazingly great beauty, and also we can come to know His renown that is, how faithful and awesome he has been throughout history, throughout human history. And we can also look at the church, uh, we, uh, those who are outside, and even those of us who are the church, we can see the church and 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 recognize that something highly notable has happened. There's been a, a notable achievement. This is what glory has to do with. We don't want to get into the clouds, into what we would call the nebulous things, the, the cloudy things, the unclear things. We want Paul is saying this so that everybody can can get a firm grasp if we just talk about some aspects of this amazing glory the world can't get a grasp of it but you and I can it's a a thing of distinct beauty that God has brought a a body of people from every nation every kindred tongue tribe everybody he has brought us from all over the world and made us one That is an impossible feat. Uh, Wherever you are in the world, uh, believers are amazingly uh, the same. And so we we want to uh, share a little bit more about that. Uh, I've entitled this little little section, I'm going to uh, talk about this first point from Acts chapter two, verses one through four. Uh, I've entitled it, Revealing and Receiving Shared Glory. So the church is a revealer, or God through the church is a revealer of the glory of God. So the world must see the church as being distinctly different than all of the other uh, organizations of this world the church must be distinctly different. And I, somebody may say, oh, there he goes again, harping on it. Well, I want to re- uh, you to be uh, assured that I will be harping on it as long as I live. Because that is my, our mission as the church is to show the distinct beauty of God. The distinct beauty of God. Not to become confused with other matters. With other matters. We don't worry about all the things that, that others in the world worry about. Jesus tells Else. You just don't mind those things. Go and preach the gospel. And so you and I must go and preach the gospel and be evidence of the power of the gospel. So in this chapter uh, 2, verse, uh, verses 1 through 4, the scripture reads, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing uh, mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now it filled the house, the power of God, the Holy Spirit filled the house. And what they're saying is there was a sound in every corner of the house, in every person of the house everybody was affected and we are a place uh, a dwelling place of God and so wherever we are everybody ought to be affected and this is the glory of God we don't have to get all super religious about it we want to we want to talk about the glory so that everybody can understand so that means wherever we are people are affected but if we if we are so involved in earthly matters we as it were obscure the glory and we don't want to be those who obscure the glory. That is, make, less, make the glory less visible, not because the enemy is so formidable, but because we are not walking in obedience. So we want to walk in obedience. And the scripture says, and there appeared uh, to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I know we would say, many would say rather, this is... A controversial subject. Leave it alone. It doesn't matter if it's controversial. That means that those who are against this this particular subject need to come on board with it, because the Bible gave evidence that that there was the Holy Spirit was among them. There were supernatural things among them. There are not, there are those now who say, "Well, uh, no, we have the Bible, and that's all we need." And so they have turned the power into God, uh, uh, the power of God, into an intellectual exercise. That, that's ridiculous. That's that's. Downright ludicrous. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. This is for the glory of God. So, so just because we have the Bible doesn't mean that now we cram our head full of facts and then we go out and, and exercise that by disseminating those facts. No, there must also be the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that makes the church glorious is that, is that God has his residence in a people. God's residence is in a people. And and God lives in, in us. He remains in us. He dwells in us. And that's the glory of God. So that should be known by those who are without. They should see us and go, there's something different about these people wait a minute, there's something different about these people. And that's the glory of God. That's what the glory of God looks like in layman's terms, in layman's terms. Now, when this happened on the day of Pentecost, it was at that moment that the church was born, right? The church was born. It was at that moment that the church was born. Let me say this. When you are born into this world, you don't lose your essence because now you're born, so we don't need to do anything else. You know what I'm saying to you? No, no, you don't lose your essence. No, everything that God intended for you to have, you have. You have to develop it, but you still have it. Right? You know, you say, well, when you were born, you you, you know, you, you can't do anything. Yes, but you grow into it. You grow into greater expression of who you already are. You grow into a greater expression of who you already are. And so on this day, the church was born. Christ had now in dwelt his people. So the Spirit of, of the Lord came, when the Holy Spirit came, he, he indwelt those people. That means Christ was in the people. Yeah, but, and this argues, it argues powerfully for the divinity of Jesus Christ because when the Holy Spirit came, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, but he arrived on the, to the throne of God, sent the Holy Spirit, and now Jesus was living in his people and that means they were now we were now inextricably that without any ability of anyone to remove us we were inextricably brought into union with god that's that's mind-blowing for me and so his glory was now expressed in a people why because now god was living in a temple not made with hand wow so that's what we want you to understand today let me show you something. This is amazing. The church is amazing. It is a place for the glory of God. Now remember that. It, it, so so uh, God, God receives glory in the church, in the church. God has full, must have full expression in the church. So his glory was now expressed in the church. Jesus's prayer in John 17, verse 21 was now fulfilled. John seventeen twenty one was now fulfilled. And this is Jesus's prayer. And John, that was before he went to the cross. He says that they all may be one as you father are in me. Now listen to that. As you father are in me and I in you. He says that, that may, they may be one. How is it? Just like you father are in me, and I in you. I want you to see the glory of this. The glory of God uh, was expressed very visibly and incontrovertibly, you can't, you can't change it when Jesus walked the earth. There Jesus was, the temple of God. Wherever Jesus went, he was the temple of God, tabernacling, God was tabernacling in a human body. And, and Jesus has gone back to the earth, and now God still tabernacles in humanity. Wow. And so this is what, this is the glory. This is the glory. You know, I, 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 in the past, I have been looking for my glasses and, and I was looking for my glasses. Where in the world are my glasses? I can't find them. And they were on my face. And sometimes it's, it's like the church is looking for the glory in this place and that place. And you're right in the middle of it. You're perhaps blinded by it. It's, it's so amazingly splendid. Now let's, listen to what he says. So Jesus prayed that They may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us. What an amazing story. So at the day of Pentecost, this amazing thing, prayer rather, came into reality, that they may be one in us. What's more glorious than sinful man, rebellious man, repenting of his sin, and and, say, and being saved to, as the scripture says, to the uttermost, to the highest place. Now, if if you're not saved to the highest place, then that's not biblical salvation. He says, saved to the highest place, just like Father, and made one, Father, just like you uh, and I are one. Now, listen to what he says. He says. That they also may be one in us. And what Jesus has done in this amazing organism, entity, called the church, he has brought these people who had no way to God, and he has made them one with God. Wow. That they may be one in us. And when the day of Pentecost came, it happened. It happened. We were baptized into Christ. And Christ came to live in us. We are in him. And he is in us. It's amazing. It's amazing. So this is the glory. And this, and we must exemplify this glory. We, we must express this glory. Wherever we are, we are uh, expressors of this glory. Yeah. And so now what happens is we allow human emotions to affect us. We, we want to bring everybody down. Not everybody, but a lot of us. We, we, we bring people down to... a a human expression of something. No, we're not trying to express as it were our humanity. We are now expressing divinity in the church. That's what God is doing. And we don't try to do it as it were helping the the head out, but we do it in response to everything the head is doing. Therefore, a An immeasurable, a great number of times, we we find ourselves doing things we don't know quite exactly, uh, or we don't understand quite uh, what we're doing, but we know that we're being led by the Spirit of God. Now, I do know that there are, are some flaky brothers out there. I do know that. I do know, brothers, I don't mean to disrespect you, but I know some of you, you don't halfway go to church, you don't do anything, you just stay at home alone, and you're in bad company when you do that, and then you come out and you, you sort of obscure things. That's not what we're talking about. You don't have the right to uh, being an unfaithful brother to tell faithful brothers and sisters what to do. You don't do that. You must be, stay connected to the head, all right? We know, we know that you love God. We want you to do better. Okay, so that there may be one in us that the world may believe you sent me. So what, he's, what the scripture is saying and Jesus is saying is that the glory will be so amazingly splendid. It would be so otherworldly. That is what the church is doing will be out of this world in a way that worldly people say, that's different. And that's that's what we are yet to attain to. I would say to you during this COVID-19, I'm not blessing God for COVID-19. I don't think God sent COVID-19. If you think God sent COVID-19, you work that out with God. But I do believe that God has to remove his hand. And the wickedness of this world is almost unprecedented. Almost unprecedented. We find everywhere in the world craziness. And then there are believers saying, well, let's don't talk about that. Why not talk about it? What not I talk about? It? It's darkness covering the earth and deep darkness to people. But his glory is risen upon us. And, and it's risen through us. That's amazing. Wow, 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 wow. That the world may believe that you sent me. And so what Jesus is saying is that when you and I do what he has left us to do, not of our, of our, on our own or of our own effort, but no, we do it in response to the Holy Spirit, the world will say, wait a minute. Well, what do you want to say about these, these dudes? You know, they're different. All right? They're different. This is undeniably the glory of God in men. And so that's the church, undeniably the glory of God in men. And then Jesus says, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Wow. So what kind of glory is that? He say Jesus says, the glory you gave me, I've given them. Hmm. That they may be one just as we're one. See, that's the glory. That's the glory that we can live in different communities all over the world, different nations all over the world, and say the same things. I'm not just saying read the same things. That's even good. But I'm saying saying the same things. By the Holy Spirit, saying the same things. Somebody somebody was saying to me uh, yesterday morning, uh, we had a, a prayer, did our social distancing, right? Apart from each other, we were praying in the parking lot and uh, Sister Martha's class uh, prays in the parking lot uh, at 6.45 on Saturday mornings with a a group of women, and they allow the pastor to come. And uh, someone said, Pastor, you were preaching, and I I found myself finishing your sentences. And they were not the kind of routine sentences that I say. You know, if I say, um, when the enemy comes in like a flood, everybody can can quote that, right? Or when I I say, when you go through the waters, you know, you can quote that. But this was something else. I found myself quoting you and using the same words. What I'm saying is we're saying the same things. That's glory. That cannot happen. Even in the United Nations, we don't have that. We've got something like veto power so we can keep the United Nations from really being united veto power. I can veto what you want to do. Yeah, because I've got the muscle. Come on. That that's not. And believers, if you're following that, let me tell you, you're following the wrong head. All right? All right? So so the glory of God is totally different than that. So, uh let me let me continue to read. He says, "The glory that you gave me, I've given them that they may that they may be one just as we are one, I and them, and you and me, and they that they may be made perfect in one. So if it's possible to do so, we obscure this amazing glory by seeking the approval of men. When we have the approval of God. Why do you want the approval of men? You've got the approval of God, and by living like mere men, and not unto God in true holiness and righteousness. Well, being separated, I know, you know, uh, here uh, in the last several weeks, we've been separated, separated, you know how, how painful it is to be separated. Now, you also separate it when you side with worldly men, ungodly men, against the commands of God. And there's some of us unwittingly do that, and it's because we feed at the wrong table. Now, I'm using one of my country expressions. I would say, and my dad would probably say, feeding at the wrong trough, right? We use those country expressions, but you're at the wrong table. Some of us, no matter how I preach, you still go to the wrong table, and you eat, and you eat, and you feel justified. And that means that you will never, ever uh, uh, be one, one who really, truly understands what you have in Jesus Christ. You will not fully understand it. And that means that you will not have developed that. Now you will go, when you leave here, you'll go be with Jesus, and, but you will go in that elementary state. Yeah, you'll be full, but you'll be in that elementary state. So, so you don't want to do that, all right? You want, you want to walk in, in uh, true holiness and righteousness. Now, when we seek an audience with men, while we do not take full advantage of our audience with God, when we do not work... Uh, do the work of men rather than the work of God, we are obscuring this amazing glory. Nothing else can obscure it. Persecution cannot obscure it. COVID-19 cannot obscure it. Only you can by failing to walk in obedience. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. He says, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Now listen, the house of God is the church of the living God. The house of God is the church of the living God. So the living God lives in this particular house, the pillar and ground of the truth. And that's glory, that you are the house of God. That is glory that God lives in you. Let's look at, And he says, you are the pillar and mainstay of the truth. What he is saying here is that when truth cannot find a home, as it were, everybody should be able to go to the church and find truth. A number of years ago, uh, as a young church body, uh, there was a particular pastor who was um, at a point of of critical mass, he had to make a decision. It was a tough decision, very, very tough decision. Could have caused family issues. And uh, as he was contemplating what to do, he didn't know what to do. He was caught between two points. And uh, his, I found out these things later. His wife said to him, why don't you go out to the fellowship? Uh, you know, God speaks out there. He speaks to people out there. And, you know, sometimes we, we stay away from places where God really speaks. I know God speaks in various ways. But I'm saying sometimes there's the Logos being given to us, the, the thoughts of God, the word of God, the Logos of God. And then there's, sometimes there's a rhema word. There is a word that is specifically for you. And so they came out that night and I tried to preach. I was trying to preach, trying to preach. I, I just couldn't seem to preach. I'd been giving so many words to people. I thought, I don't want to do that because maybe it looks like I'm making it up. See, that, that, that was my struggle. And so finally I said, I'm so sorry, sir. I, I'm not going to be able to preach unless I tell you what God is saying. And I, I uttered words with him that, that the Holy Spirit was giving me to say. Nothing that I studied didn't have any information, hadn't seen his case on TV, nor, nor read it through the Internet. But I said those things. And it was exactly, those words were exactly what he needed to make his decision. And he made his decision based off those words. I'm saying that's glory, that God can take any one of us, and speak through us at any time. That's glory. That's amazing. Now let's look at uh, Romans 2 verses 6 through 11. Romans 2 and he's talking about the uh, the expression of this glory that is in the people of God. So so I, I, I can't stress it enough that you are here today, you belong to Jesus Christ you are full of glory. You are full of the expression of God. Yeah, the expression of God, the otherworldly aspects of God, the supernatural aspect of God. Listen to what he says. God who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good, now, listen, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. So what he says to us is that you and I should obey God And in doing so, we are are to fulfill what God desires for us glory that is the expression of God the expression of Christ while he is on the throne in heaven the expression expression of the father who is who is so huge so big he's greater than the universe he could hold this this endless universe in his hands he says we are to express him honor now you and I there's two types of honor the honor of being a son of God and the honor of the father himself and so we we honor that one that we cannot see with our natural eyes, but we know he exists. We have the distinct pleasure of giving honor to God. Those who are not of God can't understand. But at, at some point they say something's still different. They're not just weirdos and then immortality. So God honors us by calling us his sons, making us his sons, and then bringing us into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ, and also having fellowship with us. Yeah, fellowship with us. Um, before Jesus went to the cross, he, uh, Mary and Martha gave him a big dinner. And it, it, it must've been at Simon the leper's house, probably Mary and Martha's uh, and Lazarus's house was not big enough. And there was an amazing scene there. And this shows you the honor, how God honored Jesus. Uh, They made the dinner and uh, Jesus was at the table. Lazarus was at the table and Simon the leper was at the table. Here you have, there were other men there, but look look at the, the three that the scripture mentions. You have Jesus, God, God in a human body. He's about to go into death and conquer it. He's sitting at the table, talking to a man, eating with a man. He is raised from the dead. That's glory. And and then he's talking to another one that he has cleansed of all of his leprosy. All of the things that contaminate. And there's somebody in this audience today, God has done that for you. That's glory. When your friends see you, that you were a man or a woman of dastardly conduct. Horrible conduct. And now you're serving the living God with all you have. And your testimony is, for God I live and for God I die. Not stated in arrogance but in total God dependency. That is amazing. That's glory to God. And he says, and immortality, right? So, so Jesus is sitting there. Now, as I said that, one day you and I are going to sit at a table with the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, and all those men, all of us will have been raised from the dead. That's glory. That's glory. We have this reality right now, and we should express it. I, I urge you, give up, your desire to save America. Do I want America to perish? Absolutely not. But that's not your goal. You need to preach the gospel. You'll do more to help America by being the church than by abandoning this amazing assignment and doing what you think you ought to be doing. Don't ever do what you think you ought to do, but do what God wants you to do. That's the church. We are the body. If something is out of whack whenever my arm starts to do what it wants to do and it's not following my head, we know, Houston, we've got a problem. That's cancerous. Now, look, look at this. So, so good. This is good stuff, okay? Now, now let me go back. One day, we're going to all eat with God, all right? We're going to all, resurrected men are going to eat with God, having received his immortality forever. So he says... Um, Verse 8 says, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, they they will have indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish is on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But, he changes direction, glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. And this is what he says, my sheep hear my voice. I, and I know them and they follow me and I will give them eternal life. And I give them eternal life. I present tense, give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. That's John 10, 27 and 28. He says they'll never, ever perish. So the glory of the church is you will never perish. You are walking around just like other men. You look the same they're perishing, you'll never perish. That's the glory of God. He has elected you. He has chosen you. In Romans 5, uh, beginning in verse number 1, he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace, uh, into this grace, in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And because you've been saved, and you're standing in grace, you rejoice in hope, because you know this, the God who saved you is the God who is going to bring you into the fullness of His glory. Wow. Wow. Now, this is amazing. Listen to what he says. And not only... Um, that means we have the confidence. When we have that hope, we have the confidence in God. Not only that, but we also glory and tribulations knowing that tribulations produces perseverance perseverance character, character hope, hope does not disappoint so we know that our confidence in God will never disappoint us because the love of God has been already poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us hope does not disappoint because we will not fall short of the glory we are already experiencing and we will not falls short of the full expression of the glory. The full expression. That's what glory means. The full expression of Jesus Christ in his body. Full expression. The riches of his love poured out upon his mercy. uh, 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 His love poured out. His mercy poured out. His grace poured out. His kindness poured out. His forbearance poured out. His patience poured out. His wisdom and the knowledge of God poured out. Wow. But the only evidence now that unsaved people have, the only evidence they have that we belong to God is our godly lives, to see love, mercy, grace, kindness, forbearance. Although they're not able to hear our words, they can see our conduct. That's glory. That's who we are in Jesus Christ. Wow. I want to just stop here. There's so much more I want to say. But I want to stop here and just say to you, it's it's amazing, it's wonderful to be with you. And I just want to know if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, the Bible teaches us very clearly that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you would believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. That's all it takes. I know people say, that's too easy. What do you want to do? Make what God made easy hard? That's what he says you have to do for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with mouth confession is made to salvation and what is so amazing and and glorious is that when you do this God will save you eternally it's amazing he'll save you because you believed in his son so he says whoever believes on him on Jesus will not be put to shame so if you pray today father forgive me of my sins Receive me into your family. Make me a new creation. That God will do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.